I'm like Ben, and God made me with a musical heart, and that is the way that I pray as well. Oh, man, I just, I just love that. God, you are my strength, so bring me back home to you. <laughs> Sorry, I don't need to preach anymore. We're done. <laughs> okay. Well, hello. I'm Kevin. Many of you already know who I am, and I am our student ministries director, which means that I hang out with our teens, 6th through 12th grade, and I have the great privilege of watching God work in and through them, and it is awesome. And so for those of you who were not here last week or who missed Katie's announcement earlier, we are excited that Highlands is called James Baird as our new lead pastor. And if you've been around, you know that that is God answering many of our prayers. Um, But he's not done yet, right? God is still calling us to pray like never before for the new adventure that he has for us as James and the elders lead us wherever they're going to. So would you, even though we already have our new pastor, he's not here yet, but especially in this interim time and as he transitions in with his family, pray that God would be the one that leads us into whatever it is that he has for us and that we, as his people in his church, would be willing to follow. All right? So these two weeks before James gets here, like Ben said, we're going to focus our attention on prayer. And we hope that each and every one of us, or my hope, is that each and every one of us comes away encouraged and challenged to pray, to talk with God about what's going on at Highlands and what he has for us, but also to talk about our lives, our city, our nation, and our world, and give it to him. And so my big point today that I hope we all become convinced of is that first, prayer is powerful, of course. It's not just like talking to thin air, but that it's powerful because of who we pray to, not who we are, and not how or what we pray. So thinking about who we pray to I know that this clip, I had to modify it because parts of the actual movie are a little inappropriate. But watch this movie clip to get you in the mindset of who we are praying to. Summer's ready. Come on, y'all. Been slaving over this for hours. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, Jesus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of dominoes, KFC, and always delicious Taco Bell. I just want to take time to say thank you for my family, my two beautiful, beautiful, handsome, striking sons, Walker and Texas Ranger, or TR, as we call them. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, we also thank you for my wife's father, Chip. We hope that you can use your baby Jesus powers to heal him and his horrible leg. And It smells terrible, and the dogs are always Mm. bothering with it. Mm. Dear tiny infant Jesus. Hey, um, you know, sweetie, Jesus did grow up. <coughs> you don't always have to call him baby. It's a bit odd and off-putting to pray to a baby. Well, look, I like the Christmas Jesus best, and I'm saying grace. 
When you say grace, you can say it to grown-up Jesus or teenage Jesus or bearded Jesus or whoever you want. You know what I want? I want you to do this grace good so that God will let us win tomorrow. Dear tiny Jesus, your golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled-up fist pawing. He was a man. He had a beard. Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? I win the races and I get the money. Ricky, finish the damn grace. I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt because it says, like, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party, too. Because I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. I like to picture Jesus as a ninja fighting off evil samurai. I like to think of Jesus, like, with giant eagle's wings and singing lead vocals for Leonard Skinner with, like, an angel band. And I'm in the front row, and I'm hammered drunk. Hey, Cal. Yes, ma'am. Do you pray to tiny little baby Christmas Jesus? It's okay if you do. (laughs) Again, the power of prayer comes through who we are praying to, not because of what we've done or who we are or how or what we pray. So let's actually pray (laughs) to start off and ask God to help us know his truth and trust him more in our time. Let's pray. Lord God, you are our good father, and you know each of us better than we know ourselves. Thank you for bringing us here today and for being with us in this room, in this space, and for giving us your word and speaking through it by your spirit. Meet us where we are, God, because we need to hear from you. And Father, in these next few minutes, I pray that you remind us of who you are, of your power and of your strength. Remind us of your goodness and your grace towards us. Thank you, God. We love you. In the powerful name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So I've been around churches since I was, I don't know how old, and um, one of our family traditions was always to pray before our meals together, at dinner, at breakfast, pray before we go to bed, and pray all sorts of the time. But even after all of my years of life, which I know is not as many as some of you, I'm getting close, don't worry. I still feel like Ben said, that prayer isn't always my strongest thing. And maybe you can relate with that. Maybe you can relate with some of these different thoughts that I've had recently and across the years. Sometimes I think that I don't know how to pray or how to pray correctly. What to say or what to do or when and all that. Maybe sometimes I have felt like I'm talking to thin air, like I said earlier, and I doubt that God even hears me. Maybe even that he exists at times. Sometimes I feel like God doesn't answer my prayers at least, not, at least not the way that I want them to be answered. So why bother praying anyway? Or sometimes I feel like I'm too distant, not good enough, like that song said, to have God hear me and answer. And if you've felt any of those things before, I want to say emphatically and hear me that those things are all false. You might have felt that way, but they're not the truth of reality. There's no incorrect way to pray. And God hears you and answers 
your prayers, no matter what you've done or how far away you are from him. And he loves you because he created you and he wants to be in a relationship with you. And that is what prayer is really all about. So let's talk about some of the things that we've absorbed through our culture and through the world that what prayer is, but actually they're completely off. So first, what really is prayer? Prayer is simply talking with God, speaking to him and listening for his response. Listening, maybe not for an audible voice, but for his truth, which might come especially through his word. Or maybe it comes through someone on Sunday preaching. Or maybe it comes through our, our friends and our family who love Jesus as well. It's nothing more or nothing less. Prayer is simply talking with God. Okay? Okay. Prayer is not about saying the right words or the right amount of words. In fact, Scripture says that we can pray without even speaking. God is not impressed with our big religious phrases and our long and ornate prayers. In fact, he likes the opposite. He wants our humble hearts. And prayer is not about folding your hands and bowing your head and closing your eyes or kneeling by your bedside or praying in your closet so that no one will see. Prayer is not about those times of day that you pray or how many times a day that you pray, three or five or seven times. And it's not about praying in a specific manner either. All those different things don't affect the power of our prayers. Well, they might help our heart focus. And prayer is not like rubbing a magic lamp and having a genie grant our wishes. And prayer is not like having a heavenly vending machine where you put in enough good and out comes what you've asked for. And prayer is not about making deals with God. This is a brash example, but we make little ones that we actually believe in sometimes. God, if you let me win the lottery, I'll give half of it to Highlands. Or God, if you, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, like the video said. If we say grace good enough, then you'll help us win that NASCAR race. Or let our NFL team win the division championship today. Prayer is not powerful because of the good or the bad that we've said or done. And it's not powerful because of our religious words or our actions or any of these things. None of them affect the power of prayer. The things don't affect the power of prayer because they have little to nothing to do with relationship. And the power of prayer comes through relationship. So these special words and manners and methods really don't hold any true power in prayer. Because prayer is powerful because of who we pray to, not because of who we are or how or what we pray. And so today, my prayer is that God helps us realize who it is that we're praying to. And that when we actually pray, however it is, whether song or just looking at his creation or in those moments of stress that we experience, we would remember who he is and trust in that. Prayer is powerful because we have a relationship with the one true God 
And that makes all of the difference. So, to whom do we pray? I could go on and on and on. And I was doing this last night with my roommate as I was getting practicing through this. And literally, I could go on for like three hours. But we don't have the time, and I don't want to bore you. Although, God's not boring, I promise. (laughs) So, we're going to look at three different pieces of who God is this morning. First, we pray to God, the Almighty Creator. And the idea of God being all-powerful sometimes gets lost on me in our modern world because we humans have incredible abilities and strength. I mean, never before in history have we ever had such technology and science and human ingenuity. And so when I think of all-powerful, sometimes it gets mixed in with how impressive culture and humanity has become. I mean, after all, we sent a man to the moon, and we can communicate instantly around the globe, and we can change the course of rivers and move mountains, literally, and build islands out of the depths of the sea, and even heal cancer and all sorts of things. So people are pretty amazing, but because of that, I sometimes forget who God is and make our almighty creator way too small. So let's adjust our perspective by looking at what God's word has to say about his almighty creator power. We see glimpses of this throughout his scripture, like Genesis chapter 1, the very first chapter of the Bible, where he speaks and there's light and dark. And if, I mean, it's just a beautiful passage. And if you haven't read that one, well, there's another one where God is responding to Job's complaints. And it is terrifyingly awesome to read what he speaks to Job. It is amazing what he has done and who he is and his power. Psalm 33 is another great place to look to see God as our almighty creator. And here's what it says in the middle. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars, and he puts the deep into storehouses. So let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke, and it came to be. And he commanded, and it stood firm. He, God, created everything, even time itself. And God did this without even lifting a finger. He spoke, and the universe was created. He breathed the stars into existence. And not just some of the stars, but all of the stars and the galaxies. He also created the oceans and put them in their place, and the mountains and the continents and all living creatures. And then, at just the right time, he created you. And he counted each and every individual strand of hair on your head before you were even conceived. And this same God holds everything together, even now, every galaxy and every cell in your body. That's the almighty creator that we pray to. Maybe a picture will help. I know I'm a visual person. This 
is a picture from the Hubble telescope. I'm a, I love these kind of things, so sorry if I'm nerding out on you. So this is just a beautiful spiral galaxy that's 47 million light years away. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, and this is a galaxy that the almighty creator God breathed into existence. It has a supermassive black hole. I don't get that. At its center. And in its beautiful spirals, I'm going to make sure I get this right. There are billions of stars. More astonishing than that is that there are roughly 100 billion other galaxies that we can see. And then there's maybe even more beyond that. And all of it was created by God breathing out. That's a better perspective of how powerful and big our God is. The almighty creator is who we talk to when we pray. And if he can make all of that, then he surely has the power to hear and answer our prayers. So not only is God the almighty creator, he's also the holy one. And that's another aspect of who we pray to. What does that mean, that God is our holy one? I have two different word pictures for you. God being holy means that God is perfect. And unlike anything or anyone else, There's nothing or no one that will ever compare to him in his perfection and sinlessness. And God being holy also means that God is the most weighty or most significant being in all existence. It's like that moment when you're a kid and you meet your favorite superhero or your favorite professional athlete or movie or rock star and you're like, speechless. It's also sometimes like that childhood moment when you've been caught breaking the rules and you feel the weight of your parents and their role and their authority bearing down on you. God is the Holy One, the most worthy, awe-inspiring, and even terrifying being that we know. Here's how Isaiah describes God's holiness in one of my favorite beautiful passages In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, or angels, and each had six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two wings they covered their feet, and with two wings they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. What an amazing vision. God's majesty and glory fill the temple like smoke at any better rock concert that we've ever seen. 
and flying angel armies are shouting God's praise so loud that God's entire foundation of his temple is shaking. And Isaiah recognizes the weight of this amazing situation. And because of the weight of God's holiness and Isaiah's internal sin that he knows, he knows that he won't survive this encounter. He can't. I am ruined. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. That is what holiness is about. And that is the holiness of God on display. So when we pray, let's remember that God is holy and we are not. His holiness is crushingly heavy and there is no way that any of us can survive in his presence and the awesomeness of his majesty and glory. Now, thankfully, Isaiah's vision doesn't end there. And astonishingly, our all-powerful and holy God chooses to act on Isaiah's behalf. So here's how the vision continues. So then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And with it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. This is the God to whom we talk and pray. He is the almighty creator. He is the holy one. And he is our good king. Maybe even our good father who acts on our behalf. So in Isaiah 6, we see that God sends this angel with a burning coal to get rid of Isaiah's sin and guilt, to pay that penalty, and to repair the relationship between Isaiah and himself. Only a loving and gracious God would do such a thing. Simply, the God to whom we pray is a good God, and he is deserving of our trust. So we pray to a good God, our good Father. That's the third one. So we see this throughout Scripture in so many different ways. Think of how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father. And ultimately, our Father in heaven displays his goodness towards us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Through Jesus... God made a way for each and every one of us to be citizens of heaven, to be members of God's kingdom, and to be his beloved adopted children. He believes in us. He is for us. He desires that we be in this ongoing relationship with him. And to make that relationship possible, God gave himself up so that we might be included in his family today and forevermore. God is our good Father, and He alone brings us from death to life, just as He did with Jesus. Jesus gives us another great and short picture of what it looks like for God to be our good Father. And it's in the Gospel of Matthew, part of the Sermon on the Mount, the same part of the Bible that God teaches us how to pray. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7. Which of you, if your son asked for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would give him a snake? If you then, 
though you are evil or sinful or selfish, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God is our good Father, and we are his beloved children, and he wants to bless us as we share our lives with him. He listens to our every prayer, and he has our best in mind when he answers. So, to recap, prayer is simply talking with God, and it's effective because of who we are praying to, not because of specific words or actions or the good works that we've done to be noticed by God. So next time you talk with God, remember who it is that you're talking to, the almighty creator who breathed out galaxies, the holy one who deserves every ounce of our life, and our good father who loves us unconditionally. The one true God who hears your prayer is the very same God who defeated sin and death in Jesus. And he is the God who loves you and gives you every breath. He's also the one who empowers you to know and live out his good will for your life. So share your heart and soul with him. Boldly ask him for big things, knowing that he is almighty. And trust that however he answers or doesn't answer, it's for your good. And, even better, for his glory. So, as we bring this to a close, would you pray with me to this amazing God? Lord, I thank you that I get to share this message multiple times because I need to hear it. God, impress upon us today, now in this moment, and throughout this week, and hopefully our life, the weight of who you really are. God, that you breathed and spoke, and everything came into existence. God, that you are perfect, and your majesty and glory are beyond what we can even understand or comprehend. And we do not deserve to be in your presence. God, but even more than those things, you are our good Father who desires that we would share our lives with you. You want to hear us. And you're ready and willing to answer with good things as we trust in you. So Lord, help us to give our hearts to you. Help us to remember how amazing you are and not be shy in our prayers. Not hold back and not believe that you won't hear us or answer us or that you can't do it. God, help us to trust in you. We love you. Hear our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen.